Okay. Good. I got you. Hey, good morning. Welcome to Crestview Baptist Church. Thank you for coming to worship with us this morning. We're glad to have you here. I'm especially excited to see you. Um, there are lots of things going on. Uh, just a couple of things I want to hit on. Um, do not forget about our uh, Wednesday night services here. Our youth and children down in the building and our adults up here. Uh, also, don't forget... Um, Last week, when uh, the Shelby, Robbie from the Shelby Mission Camp was here, I, you guys uh, talked a little bit about uh, helping picking produce. Um, be sure, if you want to help, to call that number in the bulletin, and it's going to start at 8 o'clock every day. That way they can get in, get in, get the stuff harvested before it gets too hot. Um, a lot of things going on with the, with the youth um, this week. Um, things are in the bulletin, but Wednesday, um, the youth, the big kids, the middle school and up, we're going to be getting back a little bit late. Um, we're going to um, canvas at uh, Laurel Hill Apartments for uh, Here's the Scoop event that's going to be going on with Hands On Missions on Thursday. Um, you'll, we're going to leave here at 6.30. Um, if you need money, to, we're going to go to Sonic Drive-In. There's two other youth groups involved, and we're going to go have some fellowship time with them at Sonic Drive-In uh, restaurant afterwards. So, uh, but if you need money, don't let that stop you from coming. Just come talk to me. Uh, and then Thursday, uh, we're going to leave the church at 6, and we're going to head to Laurel Hill Apartments um, and for some things I'm working on with the youth and I'm going to be working on as uh, things, it's just some easy stuff. We're going to be outreach to some small kids around the area. Um, also, don't forget this coming weekend, the youth have, that's middle school and high school, we have a two-night youth rally, August the 12th and 13th. Uh, we're going to leave the church at 5 o'clock each day. Uh, you don't need, you don't have to have any money for that. You can bring money. They're going to be selling some extras in a food truck, but like coffee and uh, I think maybe some ice cream, but the youth do get to eat free each night. Um, there's a prayer walk August uh, 13th. That's, no, yeah, August the 13th. That's next Sunday uh, at Crest High School. And he's going to share more about that. And um, like I say, just look at your bulletin. Um, I'm glad to be with you. I'm, uh, just, let's just focus on the Lord this morning. And all this stuff will come as our week goes along. Good morning. Hope everyone's doing well. Just a little update. Uh, the reason they're doing the harvesting of the fruit or the food or the vegetables that have been planted there at the uh, Baptist camp is because Robbie is actually on vacation. He's, you know, he's shared last week that he had already worked 90 hours there at the, uh, with the mission camp. He is on vacation with his family this week, and so he has asked Robert Rash, the pastor of Calvary Baptist down here, to head up harvesting every day. So that number that's in there, that's for Pastor Robert over at Calvary. If you're able to help, I've, I've been asked, can we come at any time during that day? No. You won't be able to get in. 
8 o'clock in the morning. You don't have to come every day. Just call Robert, find out, let him know what days to expect you if you want to volunteer to help pick some produce. All of it's going to local food banks at churches and or other organizations to help people in our community. Also, the prayer walk. I know that the youth will be gone. They will be at the youth rally. However, I used to go with Bruce before every year started. And we would anoint his classroom every single seat and pray for those kids that were going to be sitting in that seat. We would even anoint Bruce's chair and pray over his chair as he led and taught those kids in eighth grade at the middle school. We as a church, as adults, have the opportunity to go up to our local high school, Crest High School, half a mile down the road or a mile down the road, and cover that school in prayer. We can't get in, but we can sit there on those steps of that school and cover that school with prayer. So I'm going to ask you, as a church, if you can meet me at Crest High School next Sunday evening at 5 o'clock at the front steps, and let's fight Satan. The only way that we can through the power of the Holy Spirit and pray for the teachers, the students, and everything else that goes on in that school. Because I'm going to tell you, we are in a battle for our young people right now. Our society and Satan is winning the battle. But we know the one that can win the war. And that is Jesus Christ. And we're going to pray Jesus all over that school next Sunday. So I ask you to come join me as we meet. There's going to be some people from Calvary Baptist also. Because that school is right in the middle of us. And we're going to join together and we're going to pray Jesus all over that school. So please join me there at 5 o'clock next Sunday afternoon. Um, but before we start our service together today, we have to do the same thing. We have to pray Jesus into this place. We have to pray that the Holy Spirit will be with us and speak through us, to us and move in us today as we begin our worship time together. So if you'd please join me in prayer this morning. Our blessed Father, we come before you humbly bowing before your throne. Dear Lord, we are your people. The ones that are called by your name. Dear Lord, we ask that you fill this place with your Holy Spirit. That you shake us today to our very foundations. Dear Lord, that you move. That you open our ears and open our hearts so that we may hear your word and apply it to our lives. Dear Lord, I ask that you speak through Sandra and the choir as they lead us in worship today. That they will lead us to the very throne of grace. And we will be able to sing your praises. I ask you to speak through Chad today as he speaks to the children. That he would pierce their hearts with the truth of God's word. And that he would lead them to build that firm foundation. 
Lord, I ask that you speak through me today as we talk about the Apostles' Creed and the firm foundation of Scripture. Dear Lord, I just ask that you have your way. Dear Lord, and above all, as we go through the order of service today, may the gospel be proclaimed because it is the gospel of Jesus Christ that changes lives, dear Lord. If there is someone here or listening online that does not know you as their Savior, may your Holy Spirit convict, may your Holy Spirit lead so that they would know you as their personal Savior before this time is up. Dear Lord, be with us today. May everything that is done and said be to your honor and glory. Have your way with us today. And it's in the name of our risen Savior we pray. Amen. As Christians, we can sing with assurance how that we know we are saved that we no one can take that away from us so as we stand and sing page 334 blessed assurance jesus is mine it's not just being corny saying sing louder sing louder but let's sing with assurance that we know we are saved so let us stand and we'll sing blessed assurance Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a fortress of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior.
us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do come today thanking you for our many, many blessings. And I pray now that you will take this gift, bless it, and bless the giver. For it is your holy name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand again as we sing page 337. I know whom I have believed. 337. the kids to come forward and while they're on their way I did forget one announcement um, I, if you look if you if you're out this way today look at the playground we worked on the playground for about three hours yesterday uh, we need about two more hours oh, I got about two more hours worth of shoveling and moving mulch so next Saturday morning I'm gonna be out here at seven o'clock if anybody, before it gets hot, if anybody can come help me, bring a wheelbarrow and a shovel, come out here and we're going to move some mulch and lay some plastic down and the playground will be finished. So, this coming Saturday, yes. Alright, all that being said, yes, Izzy. No, not today. Oh, look at there. Totally couldn't play on the playground today because it was still mulchy. Um, Alright. I'm going to ask Miss Laura to come up. She's going to help me this morning. All right, we are going to play a game, guys. I'm going to get Miss Laura to get over here, and she's going to get a mic so everybody can hear her. Will you go right there? Don't mic. We are going to play. I like to play games. You guys know that, right? We are going to play Simon Says, but it's a little bit different. So you got to listen. And so I'm going to be Simon. I'm going to tell you what he says, but also... Miss Laura is going to be Simon too, and she's going to be giving you instructions. So you got to listen, okay? And you got to see what we're going to do. All right. And anybody out in the crowd can play if you want to. All right. Simon says, stand up. What? What's the matter? You look confused. All right, 
So I said, stand up. You guys win for me. You guys are out. Why didn't you stand up? They win for me. Wait a minute. All right. Simon it says, says to... I know what it is. What did I say? <laughs> oh, okay. That's right. I forgot what I told you. All right. <laughs> That's right. Simon, Simon says, says jump up and down. Still. All right, you guys win for me, jumping up and down. You guys still lost. But they won for me. Wait a minute, that can't be. So why was that confusing? All right, sit down for a minute. Why was that confusing? Oh, because you both said We both said different things. Well, look, there is a Bible verse about that from one of Jesus' most famous Sermon. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And it is Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. And listen to what it says. It says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon is what it says in here. Now, we're going to talk about what that word means a little bit at Children's Church, but uh, the translations, one verse I said was, I found in a translation was, you can't serve God and money. And so you couldn't listen to me and Laura at the same time. Why is that? Well, we were telling you to do opposite things, right? And so this is what this verse is talking about. God tells us to go out and do one thing in the world. He tells us to go out. He tells us to put other people first. He tells us to put other people first. He tells us to love others. He tells us to follow Him. And the world tells us to go out and you worry about numero uno. You worry about number one. And you believe what you want to believe and you do what you want to do. That's what the world tells you to do. You can't do both of those, right? So who are you going to listen to? God or the world? God. God, that's right. And we're going to talk a lot more about that. So I want you guys to remember as we pray to always put God first because the, the world's going to be telling you to put other things first and do other things. But God can be our only one master, just like it didn't work when me and Laura were both Simon and Simon said. Let's bow our heads. And I'm going to have you sit right there. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for being a God who loves us. And Lord, I pray that we have the strength to put you first in everything we do in our life. Lord, because you are our one true master, our one true God. Lord, we love you and praise you. And I thank you for these little ones. All this I ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Right, go sit right there, guys. Amen.
contrary to popular belief, I'm still here. Thank you, choir. Several months ago, Laura Barcher asked me why we don't talk about the Apostles' Creed or, 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 or say the Apostles' Creed or, every, or anything to do with the Apostles' Creed. When Nick gave his testimony, he mentioned the Apostles' Creed. I will be honest with you. I grew up a Baptist. I grew up in an American Baptist church. I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. I've been in both churches. I went to an independent Baptist school where we had chapel three days a week. Never, ever did I even hear anything about the Apostles' Creed. Now, I want to ask you a question. Be honest. Other than me speaking about the Apostles' Creed or when Nick mentioned the Apostles' Creed, had anybody here heard about the Apostles' Creed? It's probably about 50-50. Let me tell you something. The choir just sang the Apostles' Creed. I didn't hear about the Apostles' Creed until I was in college studying to go into the ministry. In fact, the first time I ever heard the Apostles' Creed and part of the song was back in the early 90s because Petra, anybody remember Petra? I love Petra. They came out with a song called, get this, The Creed. And it literally was the Apostles' Creed. And we're going to look at that, and we're going to, and over the next several weeks, and this is going to be a point later, but over the next several weeks, we're going to break down the Apostles' Creed. Today, we're going to talk about the Apostles' Creed and about the foundation. So that's why the, the title is, This is My Creed, A Firm Foundation. And we're going to look at how the Apostles' Creed came about why it came about, and where they, got, they came up with the Apostles' Creed. Okay? So, if you would turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to look at a few verses here as our foundation for this sermon. So if you would stand, 2 Timothy, Second uh, Timothy chapter three verses fourteen through seventeen. Actually, I'm going to jump back to six or to thirteen. So Trey, if you could add thirteen to that. There you go. Thank you. And this is what Paul writes to the young preacher Timothy in this second letter that he sent him. He says. 
But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Does that not sound like what's happening in our world today? Verse 14, You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And, the, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Let's pray. Dear Lord, please speak through me today. Thank you for what we see in this letter written so many years ago and how applicable it is to us even today. Bless the reading of your word. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our risen Savior, we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So let's look at the history and purpose of the Apostles' Creed. In its oldest form, the Apostle Creed goes back to at least 140 A.D. Many of the early church leaders summed up their beliefs as they had an opportunity to stand for their faith. By the 5th century, these statements develop into a more standard form to express one's confession of faith at the time of baptism. It is not Scripture Understand what I'm saying here. It is not Scripture, but it is a simple list of the great doctrines of faith. See, the Apostles' Creed says this, I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life and the life everlasting. Amen. That is what the Apostles' Creed said. As the oldest creed in Christianity, the Apostles' Creed represents the church's earliest attempt to summarize the Christian faith to combat heresy. Namely, Gnosticism. That's what they were com combating when in the early church. What Gnosticism says is this that God isn't real. Jesus isn't who he said he is. He really didn't die. He didn't rise from the dead. That the scripture isn't true. Mm -hmm. 
Where have we heard that? Oh, I've heard some preachers preach stuff like that. I've heard some college professors teach stuff like that. I have read some books that have said stuff like that. Oh, I, yeah, and I see it on the news all the time and in movies and everywhere else. Our times are not so different than they were when the early church leaders brought together and formed in the 5th century the Apostles' Creed. It is literally just a statement of faith. Now let's look at the foundation of the Apostles' Creed. While the Apostles' Creed was not written by the Apostles, that is to say, it was not written by those that walked and talked and, and, fell and followed and were disciples of Jesus Christ. It was not written by them. It is derived from the theological doctrine found in their teaching and their writings. That's why it's called the Apostles' Creed. It is based on their teachings and their writings. Now let's talk about that. We have a, a, a name for the Apostles' teachings and writings. What do we call it? It's two words. You guys ready for this? The New Testament. Who wrote the majority of the books found in the New Testament? Who? Say it loud. Somebody said it. The Apostle Paul. You may say, well, wait a second. He, why do we call him the Apostle Paul? Because he wasn't part of the original 12 that became apostles. No. But the Bible does say in several different places that when Paul accepted Christ and when he, the, the, blind, the, the scales came off of his eyes, that he went out into the desert and he was taught by Jesus Christ Himself. Before he began his ministry, he was there with Jesus and taught by Jesus. That's why he is called the Apostle Paul. Remember, his name wasn't Paul, it was Saul. And when he came face to face with Jesus, it changed everything, including his name. The foundation of the Apostles' Creed is Scripture. God's holy Word. And then Paul reminds us to or reminds Timothy to continue in the things that he learned from Scripture as a child. Look at verses 14 and 15 of our passage today. You, however, continue in the things that you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood 
You have, been, you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> One thing I want to point out here that does not have anything to do with the Apostles' Creed, but it says here that the sacred writings that, that Timothy learned as a child were able to give him wisdom that led to what? Salvation in who? Jesus Christ. Through faith in Jesus Christ. I hate to break it to you, but the sacred writings, the Scripture that he's talking about here was not the New Testament. It was what? The Hebrew Scriptures, the Law, the Prophets. That verse then says what? That the Old Testament is able to lead to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. The Old Testament points to Jesus Christ. That sort of shoots the people that says we need to separate ourselves from the Old Testament because it doesn't have anything to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ right in the foot, doesn't it? Because the New Testament... The Apostle Paul tells young preacher Timothy, don't forget about the stuff that you learned. Don't forget about how the, the Old Testament, the law, the prophets are able to lead you to salvation. Don't forget about them. Paul also reminds Timothy that all Scripture is breathed by God and is given with a purpose. Look at what it says in verses 16 and 17. All Scripture is inspired by God. That right there, that word, that Greek word, it literally means breathed. God breathed. That's what the word inspired means. God breathed. It is the same word, the same essence of when God took the dust of the ground and He formed it into Adam and then He breathed life into him. And He became alive through the breath of God. It is that same translation. That's what that word means. So what He is saying here is this, is that God breathed His Word into existence. He inspired it. It is alive. It is moving. It is not just something written down on a piece of paper. But His Word is alive because God breathed life into it. People say, well, wait a second. The Bible is just written by men. They wrote what they wanted to write. And we just see it as being supernatural. No, it is not. There is no other book in existence that has been at the top of the bestseller list since recorded history that's never printed on that list. There are more Bibles printed and more Bibles read than any other book in history. Why? Because only the Bible is able to change lives. Because it is the living, breathing Word of God. It is the, the book that people read. You realize there is a comedian 
going around, and, and he is a Christian. His name is Mark Allen. Mark, I believe that's his name. I think it is. He was about to lose everything. And a friend of his got him to, to, to listen to the book of Ecclesiastes. You guys ever read Ecclesiastes? But he started listening to that book just out of desperation. It was laying on the table. His wife had come through with a suitcase that I am leaving, I am gone. And he was laying, sitting there in his living room. Those tapes that the guy sent him, his friend sent him, had laid there for months on their coffee table. And with nothing else to lose, nothing to spare. I mean, he was at the bottom of his, his rope. He got that, that tape and popped it in and listened to it. Then he listened to the next one. And then he listened to the next one. And then he listened to the next one. And before long, he had listened to every single tape and he fell on his face before God asking Him to forgive him and to save him. And he says, I am probably the only person in existence today that were saved because of the book of Ecclesiastes. But God says that his word will not return void because it is alive, it is active. And he's reminding Timothy of that. And then he tells us the purpose of Scripture. Not only is it inspired, it's God's breathed word, but it is profitable for teaching, for reproof. Guys, you know what reproof means? Correction. It means you just don't go along with it because somebody, you may hurt somebody's feelings, that you correct them. Reproof. For correction, of, for training. Well, actually, reproof is more than correction. Reproof is, there's a little bit of smacking you on the hand that goes along with that. For for correction, for training and righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. That is the basis for the Apostles' Creed. Scripture. Now let's look at something else. Baptist and the Apostles' Creed. You see, Baptists have distanced themselves from the Apostles' Creed, or from any creed, over the past century. We are not a creedal people. Which means that when you come to join a Baptist church, that you are not asked to affirm your adherence to any creed. The only two requirements that we have for church membership in any Baptist church is salvation through Jesus Christ and believer's baptism, which means that it's an immersion, that it comes after salvation as an outward sign of what took place inwardly and is your first act of obedience to Jesus Christ. That's the only two requirements. Salvation, believer's baptism by immersion. Any Baptist church, that's the only requirements to join a Baptist church. You don't have to say, yes, I affirm this, this particular creed, or I don't. Baptist as a whole 
not individual, but Baptists as a whole, have also taken up a, a, a creed or taking up the stance and the battle cry of no creed except the Bible. Which is good to an extent, but I'm going to break something to you. The average Baptist church member has enough knowledge of the Bible to fill a thimble. The extent of Baptist knowledge or Bible knowledge they have is from what they get from the preacher on a Sunday morning. So the people that are yelling this actually don't know what they're talking about because they don't know what the Bible teaches. I'm telling you this. I studied so much and read so many different articles and read so many different verses this past week. I told Nancy on uh, Tuesday, I said, my head hurts. <coughs> told Ginger when I got home Wednesday night, I said, my head is tired. The studying of the Word has to take place. We have to know it. But what we have to realize is that when we say we do not have a creed, that we, we may not claim to hold to any creed, if you look closely at our songs and our statements of faith, we see the influence of the Apostles' Creed, not only on local church statements of faith, but also in our Baptist faith and message. Which what we say as a Baptist church, as members of a Baptist church that we believe. It is the Baptist statement of faith. And in fact, this sermon today is the very first point of the Baptist faith and message. And that is our belief in Scripture as God's Word. It is also the foundation for the Apostles' Creed. So over the next several weeks, we're going to be breaking this down. We're going to be breaking down the Apostles' Creed. And we're going to see what Scripture has to say about each one of these points. And the reason we're doing this is because for the last month or more, we've been talking about, and I've been having speakers come in and speak about missions. About going out and fulfilling the Great Commission outside of these walls. The Great Commission is what? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. I've told you this many times, it doesn't say to go out and get people to accept Christ as their Savior. It says, 
Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then what? Teach them everything that I have commanded you. What that verse says is that, yes, we have an obligation. We have been commanded to go make disciples. We've been commanded to baptize people. First step of becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ is that you have to accept Jesus Christ. That's first part. But then it says teach. In other words, we can't be, make disciples with knowing, without knowing what we're supposed to teach them. In other words, you can't be a or make disciples without being a disciple. You can't make a new disciple without knowing what to teach them. And so we're going to go through showing what it is and take the very foundation of what we believe, not only as Baptists, but most importantly, what we say we believe and why we believe it as Christians, as disciples of Jesus Christ. Because we need to know. We need to understand. Trace, slap that next slide up there. The entire Apostles' Creed. It's on two slides because it's, not, it's too long. But we're going to take that piece by piece. Next week we're going to be talking about God the Father Almighty. Who He is. Why it's important that we understand who He is. A lot of people have the misconception that God wound up the world and just let us go. And is just sitting back watching. Or they think that He's like Santa Claus sitting there that you can go and say, God, I really like this. I want a new Porsche, God. And if He doesn't give it to you, He doesn't exist. That's not God. We're going to look at what Scripture says. Who God is. What we say we believe as Baptists about who God is. Because we need to know. I love that song that the, church, the choir sing, We Believe. Because church, we need to know what we believe. Because we live in a society where there are people that are standing in the pulpit preaching one Sunday and the next Sunday they've walked away and turned their back on what they say they believed. We have people that are filling coliseums and, and singing and writing books that don't know what they believe. And I'm going to stand here and I'm going to share this with you and I'm going to mean it with everything that I've got. When you come to know Jesus Christ in a real personal way, you can run from Him, you can disobey Him, but you will never ever be able to walk away and say, I don't believe it anymore. Because when you come face to face with Jesus Christ, He 
gets a hold of you and He changes you. And even when you're running, He will not let go of you. That is a fact. So these people that say, I don't believe that anymore. You never knew it in the first place. All they were doing was stuffing their pockets with your money and never had a life-changing experience with Jesus Christ. And church, we're going to know what we believe. We want the... This is what I want. I want everybody in this community to know that at Crestview Baptist Church, the Bible is preached... Jesus is glorified and and Jesus still changes lives. That's what I want our church to be known for. Church, Jesus just changed lives. And if you're here and you don't know Him, don't leave this place without meeting Him. I would love to introduce you to Him. There are people in this congregation that would love to be able to introduce you to Him. But don't leave this place today without knowing who He is. We have come to the time in our, in our service where God, if He is working with you and He is wanting to do business with you, this is your invitation. Do whatever it is God's telling you to do. Whatever it is. If it's to confess sin. If it's to come to the altar and pray. If it's to sit where you are and pray. If it's to go to talk to somebody else. If it's to unite with this body of believers in membership. Whatever it is. This is your opportunity to do it. As we sing this song. Don't wait. Seven. Trust and obey, 447.
you for being here this morning. I'm going to ask Joy if she'll make her way on up here. Everybody stare at her. (laughs) I do need to brag on our church, and I am not doing this to slam any other church. Please understand, this is not why I'm doing this. I want to say thank you to all those that donated items for us to go to uh, First Baptist Shelby Friday to serve and feed the homeless. I am so proud to be in a church where we are willing to give of ourselves. And we understand when we say we are going to serve what that means. You see, when we drop the stuff off and there was 10 of us, at least 10 of us, including all the way down to Izzy. Eight? Eight years old. All the way up to um, somebody as old as... I'm not saying any names. (laughs) That were there. All ages. They couldn't believe it. That we came in with 10 plus people wanting to serve. They didn't know what to do. In fact, the gentleman Woody that's over that program there at First Baptist, he says, I am sorry that I act like I'm sort of lost today. He says, we are not used to having people stay and feed. Normally, they drop food off and they're gone. But every single person that were there that was part of that church kept telling us, Thank you so much for what you're doing. From talking with the people as they came in to literally serving them. Asking them, Sir, ma'am, would you like some more drink? Would you like something else to eat? Showing them respect. Clearing their plates. Wiping down the tables. Little Izzy, she was determined she was going to clean one of those tables off and she couldn't even reach the middle of the table and she got up in a chair and leaned over to get that table cleaned. Took the trash out for them. Cleaned up everything. They were so appreciative and they could not believe that a church was staying and helping. Church... That's what we should do all the time. We should go beyond any expectations to serve and reach people with the love of Jesus Christ. And I want to I say thank you to all those that came and served and, and all those that gave. Now Chad mentioned that we have something else coming up. We have the Connect Fair at Gardner Webb on the 15th where we go and we set up a booth giving out information about our church. School in Cleveland County starts the very next day. We need things to hand out. Pens, highlighters, things of that nature. If you are willing to help donate some of those items, if you're willing to come and spend two, three hours with us, 
We have to set up at 10 o'clock. The, the students start coming in at 11, and it ends at 1 at the, the convocation center there at Gardner-Webb. If you're willing to help, just see me in any way, and we would greatly appreciate it. And I'm going to ask, don't forget, Wednesday night, Bible study, the youth. Is that next week they're going? No, it's this week. The youth are going out to Canvas Laurel Hill Apartments, but they're going to be, meet here at 6.30 to go do that. Okay? On Wednesday. Don't forget, okay? And I'm going to ask Joy, if she would, to dismiss us in prayer. Let us pray. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for giving us your word, for giving us the Bible, and that's a living word that we can read and understand and learn to live by God, and that we can open it today and tomorrow and learn something new. We just ask you to bless each person here. Let them keep coming back and keep growing in their faith for you, God. We just ask you to be with us as we go on our way home to protect each and every one of us. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.